Hello and welcome to the weekly message podcast from Crozet United Methodist Church in Crozet, Virginia. We invite you to join us in person any Sunday for our contemporary service at 9.30 a.m. or for a more traditional service at 11 a.m. Please visit us online at www.crozetunitedmethodist.org for further information. We hope you enjoy this week's message from Crozet UMC. So today, this is the last Sunday of our worship series on rebuilding the temple, coming back from exile as we, like God's people in the Old Testament, prepare to come into a new time and place, emerging from our exile of isolation in the pandemic and discovering what God would have us be, say, and do in the days ahead. And so today, we're going to have our last opportunity to read the prophetic books before next Sunday, which is Palm Sunday. And that will inaugurate our Holy Week, which will end with the triumph of Easter. So today, we're going back almost 200 years before the Babylonian exile. The prophet Hosea was before that. But what we find is that for all of the intriguing things in the prophetic book of Hosea, it ends with this beautiful declaration of God's love. As I was reading it, more and more the words that spoke out to me the loudest were, I will love them freely. And that is something very important for us to hear and know. God was telling God's people before the Babylonian exile, before the destruction of the second temple by the Roman authorities, before the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, before the state of the world as it is now, that I will love you freely. And those are the ways that God chooses to close out the prophetic book of Hosea. It was not just a prophecy for a specific people for a specific time, but the miraculous power of the living word is that God can make that true for us today. And I believe God has been making that passage true for God's people for generations. And because of that, we have the opportunity to revel in that kind of love. So I looked up some synonyms for freely. Free, freedom, that is something we talk about a lot here in the United States. It's part of our political discussions. It's part of our culture. It's part of our celebrations, our national holidays. But what does it mean in this context? And here are some other ways of thinking about love them freely with synonyms. So as it says in verse 4, I will love them freely. I will love them openly. I will love them voluntarily. I will love them willingly. I will love them at my discretion. I will love them at my pleasure. I will love them deliberately. I will love them frankly. I will love them plainly. I will love them purposefully. I will love them intentionally. I will love them of my own accord. I will love them of my own free will. I will love them unreservedly. I will love them without hindrance. I will love them without prompting. I will love them without reserve. I will love them without restraint. I will love them without urging. I will love them filled with forgiveness and grace. And when you think about that, when you realize that God is promising us so much within that love, it encapsulates God's motivation, God's purpose, and God's willingness to love us with a broad sense of freedom. And that's really important because there comes a time in everyone's life where we question whether or not we are lovable, 
We question whether or not God truly loves us. Is God willing to walk this hard path with me and be here when the days of darkness come? Is God willing to see me through my struggles with my health and my physical body? Is God willing to be very present when I am struggling with my mental health, health and my depression? Is God willing to be with me when my spirit questions and is frail? Is my God willing to be with me through my mistakes and my sin and my past and my present? And what about my future? Is God willing to love me through that? And Hosea declares to the ends of the earth, yes, God is willing to love us through all of that. God is willing to love us through the good times and the difficult. God is so willing to love us that that is the final say in the prophetic book of Hosea. And we need to know that because we are a people who have been inundated over the course of this pandemic with all kinds of images and news reports, footage, photographs, and recounting of words and actions of hatred and violence. And yet we are called to be a people who are known by our love. For that is a love that we received first from God so freely. And yet how many times do we refuse to freely give that love to another? When we start off in looking at ministry by age group, which is something that is part of the legacy of the United Methodist Church, going back to the early days of the Oxford Methodist, John and Charles Wesley and their friend George Whitfield and some of the others that eventually joined their ranks, used to divide themselves up by classes. And often those were divided by gender or age group. Sometimes it was done by marital status, and it gave people an opportunity to be with others who were like them. Well, the Methodist Church has kind of withdrawn from some of that, but we certainly have the understanding of age groups. And what I find is that most Christians across denominations, not just in the United Methodist Church, are fine with ministry to babies. Fine with ministry to new moms and babies, happy to show some love and grant some grace. Who doesn't love an infant baptism? Those are always such wonderful events. And then as children start to grow, more and more we see people kind of withdrawing from their presence and their engagement with those ministries. Now, young children, yeah, you still see a lot of joy and love around young children ministries and even through elementary school. But something happens with us adult Christians as children start to become young adults, right about middle school and high school. You start to find people who are fearful of ministries to those age groups. You start to find people who think, oh, that's just not my thing, without ever having tried. You start to find people who then are applying that kind of disengagement to adult ministries. And perhaps that's because as adults, we look at the world differently, but we also look at one another differently. We're more apt to see someone and go, you know, you have squandered your finances. You have completely disobeyed what we're called to do. You have tried to walk your own path and live your own way. You have not followed the way that we think we should be raised or the way that we should behave as adults. And it becomes all too easy for us to disregard another person rather than love them freely. But the words of the prophet remain. It's not love them freely unless you don't agree with them. It's not love them freely unless they are of the same political mind as you. It's not love them freely as long as they look, talk, act, dress, and speak like you. It's love them freely. The end. Love them freely. And so we have to do our work. It's so easy to allow ourselves to be like the world and to cut off certain people and to 
feed into the negativity and sometimes the language that they are putting forth. It's all too easy to start to counteract what they're saying by engaging with our own viewpoint and our own words and our own beliefs rather than looking for ways to love them freely. And perhaps that is the most difficult challenge for people of God is to find a way in the face of hatred and anger to respond with generosity and love. How do we set aside our inclination to enter into a unending downward spiral of negative human engagement that doesn't end with transformation and holiness, but usually ends with utter disruption and a broken relationship? How do we find a different, holier way? I believe the prophet Isaiah has given us that gift in loving them freely. It is to choose to show someone radical love even when we feel ourselves trying to show them some other way. Because we feel that we have been given a great gift. We have been illuminated by scripture. We have certainly gotten to experience the grace of God. And perhaps we feel that we need to tell someone where they're wrong. Instead, God says, I will love you freely. And it is in the creation of a new relationship that we first learn respect and harmony and to humanize the other that we thought of as merely our opponent. We thought of them because of their position. They were wrong. We thought of them because of the words and the actions they used because they are distasteful to us. But we are called to be a people who love freely for we are freely loved. Take a moment to think about the person in your lifetime, maybe they're still with us, maybe they're not, that has loved you the most. And how did you know that they loved you? Was it just merely what they said? Was it the things that they gave you that you could touch or taste? Was it the way that they behaved towards you, just their very affect of their presence directed toward you? There are so many ways that we experience that kind of free love from the one who embodies it most for us from God. That kind of love that lets us feel secure when God said God's people will once again dwell under God's shadow. That they would feel safe. That they would feel this tent of protection over them. That they would feel free to once more grow and be fruitful. And God says that our fruitfulness is going to be something that isn't just visible. It isn't just something that we can hear. It's something that we can actually use our gift of the sense of smell. It is something that will permeate all of our human senses so that others can experience loving freedom. It's a beautiful thing to be able to take what we have gained and then share it because God's love is that abundant. It's not that... I have this love, and if I give someone to somebody else, then I will have less. God is a God of infinite everything, infinite power, infinite knowledge, and infinite love and grace. And the miraculous thing is when we give love to another person, God fills us back up, often with this incredible gratitude along with filling our reservoirs to love, to be compassionate, to be kind, to be merciful, and to love freely. Those are things that God promises us. If you choose to love freely, no matter what the other person's response or reaction is, 
God promises that God sees, knows, and appreciates your attempt, your willingness, your vulnerability, and authenticity in reaching out to show another what you have first received. And that is what we have to do as a people who have been changed. We have been transformed by the experience that we have had, not just individually or as households, but as a people, as the body of Christ. This has changed us. For some of us, it has sown powerful and intense gratitude for the gift of presence. For others, it has taught us lessons about who we are and who we want to be. And for some of us still, it's taught us that there's a lot of work that still needs to be done by the body of Christ in this world. All of those are true. All of them are valid. And there are more positions still. So God creates space through the free gift of love. And not just a little love right now and a little love later, but love all the time. How often in the life of adult Christians do we have just time periods throughout the year that we are merciful or loving to another person? You know, we're all in that giving spirit at Christmas time, so our giving to others and, and acts of love grows. And then what? Nothing until summer vacation when we go on a mission trip? Instead, we are called to be a people who embody that God loves us freely every day. Our willingness to love other people is not constrained by time or conditional. It is something that we live. It is a way of being. It is our identity. It needs to be how we think about ourselves. And then how we think about others. Sometimes in the church throughout history, we have thought that we have been enlightened. We have been blessed. We have been given this knowledge of a God and God's love and God's grace. And so therefore, we have to give it to other people. That was actually a Gnostic heresy that we kicked out of the church. Instead, we are a people who have come to realize that all of us have gifts. One of the things that was on the calendar for today is to give thanks to God for your gifts and your talents that God has equipped you and given you specific gifts so that you can bless the world, so that you can bless others, so that you can bless other people, including those that you can't stand, that you don't like, that you constantly argue with, that you think have to be so unchristian to say and do and believe those things. Those are the very same people. Because what is truly astounding is that God has given them gifts and talents as well. And how many times throughout our lives have those of us who are trying to deepen our faith and become spiritually mature Christians, how many times have we been those people squandering the gifts and the talents that God has given us, choosing instead to seek our own profit or our own stability over following God's will and engaging in God's ways? The people of God throughout the scriptures had the same struggles. They would turn their back on God. God gave them 613 commandments to help create a safe space for them so that they could live out their days in right relationship with God and with one another. And they tore down the fences and trampled down the covenant. And time and time again, God would send them word calling them to repentance. And they would literally kill the prophetic messenger. And yet, God still chose to love them freely. 
it is far too simple to say, I'm done and I'm cutting off another person. I'm not going to deal with this anymore. Instead, we have to find a way to love freely. And that is not easy. It is counterintuitive. It is certainly irrational from a world stance. But is it not what God is calling forth? Not just for the people of Hosea's time and context. Not just for the people who were emerging from the Babylonian exile, looking back to their scriptures so that they could not only find hope, but help so they didn't end up in exile again. And now those of us who are God's people by the gift of the cross and the grace of Jesus Christ, we too look back and find hope and help in our time of need. And that hope and that help are grounded in verse 4. I will love them freely. And if that is God's promise to us, how can it not be our promise to one another? Because just as we are trying to pour out mercy and sacrifice for others, as we are trying to give our faith form so that others will experience love and forgiveness and grace, and they will come to have an experience with we who claim Jesus Christ for our own, what we have to realize is that they have things to share and give us too. That they also have the ability to show that God is loving us freely. It is not a one-way directional relationship. In fact, my experience from traveling outside of the United States has taught me repeatedly that sometimes the greatest connection that we can have is not oral and verbal communication. In fact, there are times where a smile can speak volumes even when we don't have the same language. And humility in our person and our affect can invite them to deepen the encounter. And so instead of acting like we are those that have all the answers, we are those that have all of the best grace, we must remember that our answers and our grace, if they are anything, came first from God. The love and the power that we have as disciples of Jesus Christ comes to us from God. And it's not simply for us. When we allow relationships to be torn asunder and we allow actions and misconnections and hurt and pain to build a wall between ourselves and another person, we are also building a ceiling. We are starting to cut ourselves off from God by cutting ourselves off from another person. And that's not to say that as adults and as those who are growing in love of Christ of whatever age, that we don't need to draw boundaries and limits and say that hurtful actions and words cannot continue. But we don't cut them off from loving them freely. And that's a difficult navigation. That is something that is very hard to live out. But that is why God gave us the Holy Spirit on Pentecost. That's why God has given us a family of faith from whom we can learn and find strength and help. Those that will inspire us, those that hold us accountable, those that choose to stand next to us and with us, even as we confront our own sinfulness and our own failures. The creation of the body of Christ is not a building. It is a people with a purpose. And that purpose is to love others freely as we have first been loved.
And the next time you find yourself getting angry, you start to feel the wrath and all of those negative emotions bubbling up in you, the next time they start to come, may you hear the echo of Hosea. Not just in your head, not just in your heart and your feelings, may you feel it in your spirit, in the depths of your being. What would Jesus do? Jesus would love them freely. And what does that look like? What does that look like through Sarah? What does loving them freely look like through Wren, as you saw, a young man choosing to show his love in tangible ways and give that gift to those who put themselves at risk, who give of their time and their talents so that others will be safe or they will have help in their time of need? What does love look like through you? That is the question that we must ask ourselves. And just like the lesson with the sheep and goats for the children, the lesson is for all of us, children of God of every age, from the most vibrant and youthful to the most vibrant and vintage. We are called to be a people who strive day by day to be more like the faithful sheep. But we will have our feisty goat moments. And the next time you want to get really feisty and goat-like with another person, may you remember that you serve a shepherd who has loved you when you were so feisty that everyone else would have turned their back. You serve a know and love a shepherd who has loved you and served you and chosen to know you every day of your life. And when you choose to know and love and serve through acts of kindness and mercy another person, you are loving them freely. May it be so. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen. Thank you again for joining us for this week's podcast. We hope you found the message meaningful, and we invite you to join us in person as we gather for worship at Crozet United Methodist Church every Sunday at 9.30 a.m. and 11 a.m. Please visit us online at www.crozetunitedmethodist.org to learn about ways you can connect with God and your neighbors through the ministries of Crozet UMC. Have a great week.